0: And now it's time for Inside Voices with Kevin Kazi-Thomas, a local discussion focused on systemic racism, injustice, and hate in our country. Although we may not always agree, the aim of Inside Voices is to confront these truths together by sharing the voices of those facing these struggles and to find a path to making things better. We invite you to listen to this ongoing conversation. And now, here's Kevin.
1: This is Kevin Kazi-Thomas, and I would like to welcome you all to our very first episode of Inside Voices. This is a new platform that we've created dedicated to black men and women, people of color and allies in the struggle that are here to share their voices, experiences, concerns and stories. And many of these stories that go untold or unheard and current events has now opened people's eyes and awakening to an undercurrent, another reality, another experience that some have been blind to, whether willfully or unwillfully, but now that's why we're here to have these discussions with our community, with the people that are invested authentically in these causes and these issues and that have authentic perspective, one that comes from their own experiences and are here to share that with us all, that we can have a community discussion that we can talk about these things before they trend in our neighborhoods, and our communities, in Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, and beyond, everybody in our listenership that have hope and optimism about how we can tackle these topics and discussions, talk about them for what they are, and find constructive ways to talk about solutions. If we base our energy around peace and love, and how we can all work together for a constructive solution. I think that we'll all be better for it. And that's why we're here on Inside Voices to speak with the real people about the real topics and have some real conversation. So I'm joined today with our very first guest host, and you will be seeing him and hearing him on our show regularly. He is a poet. An artist, an MC, a producer, a professor, an activist. I could go on and on. You're familiar with him. And he works at Carolina Performing Arts and is also a professor at the University of North Carolina. So please welcome Mr. Dasan Ahanu.
2: Yeah, what's going on? What's yeah. going on, Kazi? Welcome to Inside Voices, Dasan. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. This is a wonderful platform and a great
1: opportunity to be able to have some conversation. Right on, man. Glad, glad that you're here. So I want to start right out, man, with this show is born of the moment, the conversation that's going on in our country, community, and Mm -hmm. worldwide Mm -hmm. right now about the current status and situation Mm -hmm. of social justice and equality, economics, education, everything surrounding the Black experience, Mm -hmm. and not only in America, but in our world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Racism, police brutality, what we're seeing, Mm -hmm. and it's all coming back to a very simple premise, do black lives matter? Right. This hashtag uh, that some see as a movement, some people are threatened by it, mm-hmm. other people see it as a rallying cry. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I put that right out there to you, Dasan. You mm-hmm. do, do black lives matter in 2020 and, and what we're seeing going on, what, what, is this, what does this all mean?
2: Yeah, I think that what we're seeing is that um, there's a lot of different perspectives on that idea. And I think, of course, to, to black people, um, black lives matter. Um, and I think that what we're also seeing right now is that when we talk about indigenous folks or people of color, I think what we see is that black lives matter um, to them as well. Um, there's a solidarity that they see an opportunity to be um, in support because they they understand the situation. I think some of the things that have happened um, Over the past couple of years, especially from having black folks really push to lift up um, the legacy and tradition of indigenous folks Mm -hmm. and making sure that that's acknowledged um, is one of those things. I think that black lives matter in this moment because black because black folks have been like seeding this idea that like, look, we see other folks struggles Mm -hmm. and we're willing to support like, but we need y'all to consistently show up and support for us. Right. And I think we're seeing that now. Right. I think the problem is, is that we're looking at a body of folks who either don't believe Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. um, because the legacy and tradition of this country has tried to make sure that it doesn't, or minimize, you know, how how much how valuable it is, right. or there's a group of people who do not want to accept responsibility for the fact that to some folks Black Lives don't matter, right. and so. In this moment where you can't escape the conversation, there's a lot of folks who have no idea how or where they're supposed to be, who wanted to kind of get by without having to feel that tension, yeah. without having to examine where they are. And what I'm also seeing is there's some folks who also didn't want to have conversations with their family or the folks that are around them because that individual may feel away. But what they've been able to do is not have to confront that with the family or the environment that they grew up or came out of. And right now, it's a national conversation. You can't help, right. um, and so they're the ones trying to f- figure out how to deal with the idea of do Black lives matter? Right on. Um, but for 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 us, um, they have always mattered. And I right. think what you see when you mean, I love that you mentioned the, um, across the world is that we're seeing anybody else anywhere else that understands what a, what that struggle looks like. is all like, no, we get it. Like. We're waving the flag to black lives matter, and it's about understanding what it means to have to go through some of the things that we've had to go through right, yeah
1: i you know and 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 that's the thing for a lot of people that are just waking up to this and they're thinking that this is just current events well what what are black people mad about now what what you know what's the big deal if you don't do anything wrong, then you don't have anything to worry about when mm-hmm. it comes to police interaction and I think a lot of people have been blind to the facts that have been going on to that, that African-Americans have been dealing with mm-hmm. uh, black men and women, people of color for a long, long time. These camera phones are now making it front and center, like mm-hmm. that. We're seeing what's going on that was blind to you know our normal sight before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing it. On, on your TV and on your social media, it's coming through on your newsfeed. And so you're seeing it. And the three cases that, you know, in recent events, you mm-hmm. know, Ahmad Aubrey jogging in, in Georgia, mm-hmm. three men attempt to make a citizen's arrest while he's jogging, end up killing him in the highway, right? Mm-hmm. For the accusation of him walking into a construction site and stealing something, mm-hmm. just the accusation mm-hmm. on a citizen's arrest. Then you have Breonna Taylor an EMT, Louisville, Kentucky. Police come breaking her crib, 1 a.m., no knock warrant, the wrong home. Mm-hmm. She, uh, her boyfriend, somebody breaks in at 1 a.m., he jumps up, grabs his gun, returns, you know, shoots at what he feels could be an intruder.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Police return fire and shoot his girlfriend while she's sleeping eight times and, and kill her. Mm-hmm. And then they leave, right? And then we have George Floyd, which the world has seen for eight minutes and 46 seconds of not one officer, but you know, four officers, you know, all together that were all complicit in Mm -hmm. this man's murder Mm -hmm. and all of these cases there were cover-ups. you know, Ahmad was killed in February. Mm -hmm. We found out because one of the buddies of the guys doing the shooting was videotaping so they could watch it later. Mm -hmm. That's why we saw that Mm -hmm. D had covered that in the case of Brianna, uh, We're still talking, we're just now getting all the information of something that once again that happened months ago. And with George Floyd, if there wasn't an innocent bystander standing by who that brave, you know, the brave young lady that pulled out her phone and recorded that incident, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have seen that at all. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's this this disconnect of like, well, if you don't do anything wrong then you don't have anything to worry about, or this cognitive dissonance of, well, Let's see the whole tape. They had to do something wrong. Mm-hmm. There was something that went on mm-hmm. that triggered that reaction. And in all three of these cases, that's just not true. Okay. And the evidence is right there for you can, for you to see it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, I, I just wanted to touch on that in this segment and uh, we're gonna go to commercial and we'll be back and, and we'll talk about no convictions and no accountability and what that means and this movement and what has everybody why is everybody so mad really yeah uh we'll come back to that on inside voices with kevin thomas
0: you're listening to inside voices with kevin kazi thomas on 97 i the hill we'll be back with more after this and now back to inside voices with kevin kazi thomas once again here's kevin
1: and welcome back to Inside Voices with Kevin Kazi-Thomas. I'm here with Dasan Ahanu. Yep. We're continuing to talk on the topic of, do black lives matter? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, current events have opened a lot of people's eyes to what has been going on, you know, and been a discussion in the black community for a very long time. How we are treated when po- when no one's looking, when police aren't around, when when there's not a body camera, mm-hmm. and you are left to, how can I say this? Prove your innocence, mm-hmm. even on camera. We've watched numerous from, you know, all the way down to our children. You know, Trayvon, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice. You know, these are these are younger kids. Mm-hmm. And what we see oftentimes in all of these cases is a black person is killed on camera. They become a victim, and then the conversation then becomes, "What did they do to cause their own death?" Mm-hmm there had to be something that they did there. there, There's more to the story. Mm-hmm. Let's not jump to a conclusion. And then when the conclusion is factual, the person was unarmed and the person ends up dead, um, we're often left to then try to exonerate that person's mm-hmm. credibility from beyond the grave, right? Mm-hmm. Trayvon was a thug. Mike Brown was a thug. George Floyd is somehow less of a decent person that deserved to die. Mm-hmm. Yet $20, a $20, you know, alleged $20 counterfeit bill is what he lost his life over. And so with a, a part of the cry that I see and that I feel personally and that I, that I see with people out in the streets is this thing that cops are never held accountable, mm-hmm. that there is no accountability or convictions for police. How how do you feel about like that part of it? I, I think it's time
2: for us to re-examine, you know, the 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 institution of it all because there's... There's the idea of the cops not ever having to, to be tried or held. Um, and um, we're dealing with this idea of the immunity for them not being not having to be held personally accountable in terms of um, any of the the response, the liability suits. Right. Um, so there's this level of proje- protection that officers have kind of like had. And part of that is kind of to uphold the institution of policing mm-hmm. and to kind of like place them as an authority. Um I believe, to be feared, you know, you know, not 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 to protect and serve, but to be feared that like if you do this thing that you're going to have to feel the repercussions from these people and we're going to hold them to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other side of that is for that to work, you also have to manage the perception of the people that they are policing. And so what we're also dealing with and need to reconcile is how. Over our history here, you know, black folks have been stereotyped and characterized in a particular way. And it has become an ongoing political platform, locally, statewide, and nationally for folks to be hard on crime. But what they're doing is holding up these perceptions of black people as what crime is. So what you have, is you have these police that you're that you're that you're protecting, so that you can maintain the image of what they are as these authoritarians. And then you have these images of all these criminalized savages running the streets of black people, so that when it hits, everybody's reaction is the black folks had to have done something, and we need the police. How dare we? How dare we consider them to be criminals? Like who are the criminals? And it's that's the problem that we have. So now, of course, we're in this post. Well. Folks have tried to be post-racial for a long time. It's 2020. Yeah. Like (laughs) I wish we would learn that. But what happens is is when you, when you decide to see everything a particular way Mm. that plays into their hand, like you are no longer looking at the fact that these folks are, are are placed a certain way and these folks are characterized a certain way. So then you start asking questions about like, well, then, you know, like, but they were criminal. And so they, you know, they should have acted nice or complied or, you know, why didn't they do this? And it's like, that doesn't matter. Um, you're, there's a bias there, and that bias has been socialized.
1: Right. And I, I think just to, just to mm-hmm. add on to what you're saying, Desan, when we're talking about, well, you know, with black people, it'll jump to, well, he had a gun. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Philando Castile had a gun. He also had a permit for his weapon. When the officer pulled him over, he asked him, he said, officer, I have a registered firearm in my vehicle, not on my person let the officer know that, the off, just the thought of that, the officer panicked and shot him. Mm-hmm. And I oftentimes argue that black people do not have the second amendment in the same way that other people have rights in America. And that's what we're talking about is this dual America that the rules can be, the law can be one way for you and the law can be one way for me, but we're both saluting and, and singing the same national anthem and, and that I pay taxes the same way you do, but somehow protect and serve for an officer means protect and serve from you, me from you, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm the threat, mm-hmm. like, or that black people and people of color are the threat mm-hmm. to be managed. Mm-hmm. And that's what the taxpayer dollars are going mm-hmm. towards. If y'all really wanna get deep, if you go back and look at the history of policing and where it came from and the slave patrols and things like that, there is an element, when people talk about system, you know, systemic and what's systemic, When we're talking about civil rights era stuff and and the Civil Rights Act was passed, what? 1964, 1965, right? My mother, my mother's 86 right now. She went to segregated schools. Uh, A lot of that crowd is still here, right? And when I ask people, where did the Klan go? You know, they they, they mean, what do you mean? And I said, well, where did they go? Because they're still alive. Uh, all those people have not passed away yet. Not that I wish death on them, but I'm just saying that their legacy and a lot of the energy. When people talk about systemic oppression and systemic white white supremacy, we're talking about where did the Klan go? Well, it didn't just 1965. Everybody just didn't take their hood off and say, "Okay, we're just we're done being racist or we're done being supremacist." It's migrated itself into policing and in our court system and our real estate when you got to get a loan and our business structure and all of these different elements, our judges, our DAs, this is where white supremacy has migrated and kind of infested itself and woven itself into our system now that works against us. And so pulling up, I think this era, this last four years Mm -hmm. has lifted up a, uncovered the rock to all of the black men and women, people of color, allies in the struggle that thought that a lot, you know, that the amount of progress that we made was sufficient from Dr. King's era to now, Mm -hmm. that there wasn't, it wasn't like that anymore in quotation marks. Mm. And in that space of, it wasn't like that anymore, it has allowed for all of these systemic ways You know, that's the thing. It's just not a cross burning in your front yard anymore. It's I can't get a job. I can't get a loan. I can't. You know, when the cops pull me over, I'm getting arrested. And we're talking about the use, you know, use of force. Right. When we talk about use of force, Dylan Roof shoots nine people at Bible study in a church, gets taken to Burger King. Uh, The guy that shot up the Batman movie kills 15 people and lives. Yet a guy selling loose cigarettes is choked to death. Uh, Yet a person selling CDs in front of a gas station is shot in his chest. Yet a person with a twenty-dollar bill gets a knee on his neck for eight minutes and forty-six seconds. So these are some of the issues that we're bringing to attention and light on this show, and uh, and talking about when you do these things to Black people, when you do these things to any American, if it bothers you, then those officers should be held accountable, and there should be a conviction. Same for every American. We'll be right back. You're listening to Inside Voices with Kevin Kazi Thomas on 97.9 The Hill.
0: You're listening to Inside Voices with Kevin Kazi Thomas on 97.9 The Hill. We'll be back with more after this. And now, back to Inside Voices with Kevin Kazi Thomas. Once again, Here's Kevin.
1: Welcome back to Inside Voices with Kevin Kazi Thomas. You are listening on 97.9 The Hill. And I'm joined with Desana Hanu, uh, activist, poet, artist. And we're talking about do Black Lives Matter? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've we touched on a, a lot of different angles of it, but I want to end on a level of hope and op- optimism, right? Because, you know, we've heard the cry, no justice, no peace now in the streets for almost a month now. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of those that are willing to stand up for themselves. Mm-hmm. And without that, you know, I know a lot of people look down on the looting and the disruption, but without it, I don't think that the attention is, 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 is you know, that they grabbed the attention mm-hmm. of the world and said, stop, we're gonna fix this right now, mm-hmm. like they did. Like I said, toward, leaning towards peace and optimism, like after we're done protesting in the streets, what, what where do we do next? How do we move forward and actually make some change that will last, that's not surface level, that actually mm-hmm. resonates? In well, we've,
2: we first got to prepare ourselves. This is an ongoing, an ongoing campaign. Like from this moment on, we're going to build on this momentum and all of the folks who've identified themselves as, you know, being allies who've made statements, then we've got to hold them accountable for that moving forward. Um, the, this is probably one of those moments where we where we have the. The leverage to say um, that you can't act like you don't know or don't get it because the conversation is happening all around you. We've got to lift up our young folks they're moving in this moment and we want to make sure they're supported um, and we got to continue to make ourselves aware about all the ongoing fights that are happening on the ground policy wise uh, locally statewide nationally um, we got to lift up some local officials that look yeah. different yeah. Um, some new fresh energy we got to disrupt this, this good old boy network that can happen regardless of the community and of the color of the faces, um, let some young progressive radical energy into these spaces and, um, wherever you are, it's time to evaluate your role. How can you be best effective? Some of us who are older, we've got to step, take a step back and, uh, do where, do work where we are and, um, let them have the streets and just make sure that we're prepared to bail them out, support them, fight for them, step up into the courtroom if we're lawyers and, and advocate for them. But where can you best fit and what can you mobilize Greek organizations, chamber of commerce, like wherever church. you are, what church, what leverage long do you same. have mm-hmm. to be able to mobilize and say, we're going to continue to do this for the long haul until we see the kind of change we want?
1: Right on, right on, Design. I think that that is super strong, that everybody has a role to play in this, right? That in the past, the ignorance and the hate has been louder mm-hmm. than the optimism and the people that are constructive and that want to see change, mm-hmm. right? That it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be anti to be pro, mm-hmm. right? To say that I want the same rights for uh, you, another person that I want for myself. Mm-hmm. I want the same justice for another person that I want for myself. And a lot of people feel lost in this conversation, right? Because. Mm-hmm. it it causes, so it stirs up so many emotions, Mm -hmm. right? Even if you're black, it does, Mm -hmm. depending on, you know, I think a lot of the older generation feel like they don't wanna lose any of the ground that they've gained, right? I feel like a lot of the younger generation look and say the old way didn't work, Mm -hmm. Dr. King's way didn't work. And so I just wanna continue to promote this type of conversation because Mm -hmm. I, I think that both sides you know, I think that the old and the new generation have to have this conversation because it's it's not the we shall overcome era, mm-hmm. it's the we gonna be alright era. Mm-hmm. And there has to be this 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 me- this meeting in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, like you said, everybody's got their role to play. If you are in the streets with your sign and, and you're protesting, amen. If you're online doing a, a podcast and a show where we unpack these issues, then then amen to that too. And if you're in your community you know, volunteering, helping, helping, like, this is the thing, right? Because when we're talking about what our president can do, I would like us to continue to remind ourselves and focus on what we can do locally, to your point, mm-hmm. because we can vote a district attorney, we can elect the district attorney, we can elect our judges, we can elect our sheriffs, we can elect our mayors, and that can have an immediate impact on the way your community, our community runs and works. Uh, and it can be the example for what goes on nationally. Mm-hmm. Minneapolis wants to try it a different way. Seattle wants to try it a different way. Durham is, you know, people would have thought Durham would have burned to the ground mm-hmm. over this last month. And instead they're looking like the example mm-hmm. of how community and uh, local government work together. Mm-hmm. And so, i you know, for allies in the struggle and for people out there that have been lost and trying to find their voice in this moment, just. Do your role. Everybody do their part. If that's a conversation with your racist grandma and grandpa, if that's you know helping you know mentor kids in your community, if that's having a conversation with your friend that are people of color and ask them experiences, enlighten yourself about what's been going on that y'all haven't been aware of. You know what I'm saying? So I, I can, like I said, I continue to send this message out. This is Inside Voices. We're going to continue to promote solutions, positivity, love. This is a conversation that we must have. In order to move forward yep. and you know, we want the same things for all Americans, justice, equality, great way of life and to be happy. All yep. All right. End of the day to be happy and, and that you cannot kill black men and women with no convictions and no accountability. Yep. Okay. So. With that said, I'd like to thank you, Dasan. Let let everybody know where they can find you, man.
2: Man, you can find me all across social media or anywhere. Dasanahanu, that's D-A-S-A-N-A-H-A-N-U. My website is dasanahanu.com.
1: All right. And of course, once again, this is Inside Voices with Kevin Kazi-Thomas. You can follow us on 97.9 The Hill, Chapel Hill Radio. And uh, yeah, it's my pleasure. We will continue to bring y'all conversations and topics for black men and women, people of color, and all our allies in the struggle, all races, colors, religions, wherever you are listening all over the world. Thank y'all. Once again, it's Inside Voices with Kevin Kazi-Thomas. Talk to you soon.
0: You've been listening to Inside Voices with Kevin Kazi-Thomas on 97.9 The Hill. Catch this episode and more by visiting our on-demand page at chapelborough.com.